0: Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Grand Moth Tarkin, delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly, in weekly increments, by the loquacious, yet soothing voices... Of your hosts, Riley, who is now me talking, Jake. Hey guys, it's Jake and Isaac. So we neglected to record an intro for the second part of this uh, this Rogue One episode because we didn't realize it was going to be a two parter. Um, so I had to call uh, Jake and Isaac in. Um, so let's we'll just talk a little bit before the episode starts. How are you feeling, Jake?
0: I've got a lot of complaints, probably. (laughs)
1: That sounds like you. Isaac, what about you? How are you feeling?
0: I think I want to make a sports analogy later.
1: Wow, you guys sound really similar tonight and different than usual, but that's good. So we're going to finish talking about Rogue One, and uh, I believe we start our discussion with K2. So now that we got this intro out of the way, um, we'll see you next (laughs) time. I don't know what I'm saying now. (laughs) Goodbye, Jake and Isaac. Let's continue with our episode. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something (laughs) else. (laughs) Sorry.
2: Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about K2SO. (laughs) Apparently you hate him. I don't hate... No, 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 no. Oh, boy. I don't hate (laughs) K2SO. He falls into a thing that I got to admit I don't like in modern movies. I'm a big Marvel fan. I see all the movies in theaters and I get them all when they come out. 500 times. I see them all 500 times. The thing that I'm not crazy about is the constant need to undercut every dramatic moment with a joke. And it... It's not in all the Marvel movies, but it's in like 99% of them. That there is, all the characters are real jokesters. They all got a bunch of quips lined up in their quip pocket. So I'm not a fan of that because I really like earnestness in my movies. I like humor, obviously, but I don't like it when a movie take it has to constantly like assure the audience, guys, don't worry, we're just having a good time. Look, they're making jokes about the movie. K2SO literally everything he says is a joke. It's boring to me, and I think that I think that more than half of them aren't even funny. What does he say? I, I wrote down one that I just thought was so terrible. I, I I can't find it. But the does everything K2SO says have to be a joke? I don't know. I okay. th- he doesn't even say that much of importance.
0: I'm glad someone else said that because I, I kind of I really agree with your sentiment my thought on K2SO i'm coming coming from more of like a stubborn old man point of view <laughs> where i know k2so was marketed to me as the one i'm supposed to laugh at a lot and so That's i have a natural thing that bothers me i have a natural disposition to not want to laugh at the thing that people are mar- are telling me hey guys this right here this is hilarious this is funny right guys so much
2: of the marketing was like guys this is going to be the funniest character in all of star wars but guess what he's not that funny
1: there's one line to me that makes K2 into one of the greatest characters in this movie Wowie. despite his constant quips and everything because I think that is just as Cassian said it's a side effect of the reprogramming um we are droids, reprogramming droids droids are people sure this is a, a person his who... name is Anakin <laughs> good joke he's I like an that angel. he's an angel <laughs> this is a person whose fundamental being has been reprogrammed to switch sides not by choice, I'm sure. And now he, to has, Iron Man. he has to deal with the fact that he, he has been changed to serve one side and now he serves another side. And he is so committed to the side that he is on now, despite all that. I think he deflects everything with humor because the one line that changes everything for me is when they're talking about the message that Jen saw. And he says, when when Cassie's like, or She wants to go with Cassian ah, okay, to see yes, her dad, yes. and he says, Cassian's like, you have to stay here, you're the only one who saw the message, and she's like, everyone heard it, and K2 says, hit this one spot, and the whole thing explodes, and we heard uh, it, that's just the way that you said it. Despite all his, you don't like that? Despite all of his humor, K2 is a rebel, and he is there to accomplish the mission, and I think he deals with everything that he's had to go through, through... Terrible one-liners sometimes, but most of the time I think they're funny.
2: Maybe I don't like him because he's too much like me. (laughs) Well, that
1: could be. I think K two is a great character. I love droids. I want to get into droids more because I gross. I like they have a terrible. They have a terrible lot in life in Star Wars, and I like the way they play K two. I think there's a real. There's a really good rebel, and not. Really, by choice inside K two. I've also never done a
0: it. deep dive to K 2s character, and I'm I'm kind of glad you're doing that because I never gave him a second thought. Really, I was love just K2. like
2: I oh, believe me, when he dies in the movie. Oh, spoilers for Rogue <laughs> One. When he dies in the movie, I you know got emotional along with everybody. You grow attached to him. He's a good character. I was irritated by the fact that I felt like the movie was undercutting his character by giving everything. I, the line that I wrote down was the exact line that you just said. He says it. In this sarcastic way. Oh, I don't think he's being sarcastic I, at all. Oh, I think every time he's, I saw I, in the theater, the whole audience laughed. Oh, and really? I don't know why. It's not funny.
1: Oh, it's not funny. I, says, I think he was being 100% earnest there. No, he says, yeah.
2: He's saying it sarcastically. Listen no, he says, he's, he. Not. He says, That's That's he's not. I just watched it. That's how you sar- said
1: it. The whole system goes down, and he like mimics. Mm, her. No, no, no. he's Isaac, not I don't think he's
2: being
0: break. sarcastic Guys, at all. Uh, my tiebreak is this is a bad debate because one side's saying yes, 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 the other side's saying no, no, no. So let's move on. False. This is a great podcast. I'm going to
1: throw the line in there, and we'll let the the, the public side. One blast to the reactor module, and the whole system goes down. That's how you said it. The whole system goes down. Get to work, pitching, comments,
0: please. I think he's Guys, being 100% vote in earnest a Twitter earnest poll with that, that I will not create because I'll forget about <laughs> it after this no,
2: episode. He's
1: being sarcastic because then Cassian shuts him up. Like, can you shut up already? Yeah, because he is, because because mm. K two is siding with Jin in this. Uh, K two is K two is saying, yeah, she can go with him. We all heard this. Chris, your Ka- reasonable alternative and, perspective. And Cassian's like, no, shut up. She needs to stay here because I'm going to kill her dad. Isaac's getting upset because he hasn't talked in a while. <laughs> I'm just saying, K two. I think if you like all the characters in this movie, if you dive into K two a little bit more than just the surface things that he says, because if you go by what what Jen just says in this movie, she can be like considered a one-note. A she can be considered a one-note character. Isaac, what is I wrong wish I had did? a
0: strong opinion either way. This just is so <laughs> it's
1: impassioned. It's okay if only two of us do. <laughs> I'm solidly on the side. K2 is a great character. If you well, great. More can more, we, more, more the, than just his, his one-liners. For the love of Hostess Cupcakes, let's move on. <laughs> hey. Oh, I'm Get sorry, we like talking close. about Star Wars, Isaac, my yeah, bad. Yeah,
2: excuse me for talking about the Isaac, wars for a little bit. what did you want
1: to talk about now? Anything else, Please really. Please, talk honestly.
2: about it for 15 minutes. Can we talk about Saw Gerrera so I can be negative again? <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. Jake, you can start on Saw Gerrera. Oh, boy. You know, I've become the Riley of this show. <laughs> I don't
1: know what that means. I take offense it to it, It means I'm though. the worst. I'm eating a cookie. Sorry, yeah. listeners. Yeah, this
2: podcast, the professionalism of this show has gone downhill from zero to negative. If you give
0: to our Patreon, that money will go right into our professionalism. The day I get one
1: the the dollar from doing this, I'll stop eating cookies on air. <laughs> don't hold your breath. They're going to have Bold to send it words, physically bows. in the mail at this point. We don't have any way of
2: donating money to the show. Um Saw Gerrera, from minute one, from second one of seeing this character, I like Forrest Whitaker a lot. He's one of my favorite actors. I'm always excited to see him in a movie. He's like a Jeffrey Wright, where mm. he is gonna go five thousand percent into whatever character he's yeah, playing, yeah. and sometimes it's a little much like Jeffrey Wright.
1: And sometimes it's perfect, like Saul
2: Guerrero. You know how actors will have a an actor's secret?
1: <laughs> you like know, a pop they'll secret? bring a little something extra to yeah. the Yeah, it's like, like pop a secret. Pop, pop if form?
2: they're a dad, it's a pop secret. The first second they show of him on their little like tiny green tube TV in the Urso home. Where they show his facial expression too. They're coming. He goes like, <laughs> "I was like, well, I know what I'm in for." And sure enough, he is swinging for the like. If he is in the Cubs stadium, he is swinging for the Mets. The he is trying to hit Whoa, the New York the
0: Yankees. <laughs> to the sports guy He's on.
2: He's in Wrigley Field. He is trying to hit me in the face <laughs> in Ohio. He is going so hard closer, into this
1: character. And he did it.
2: Here's what I think though. I watched this movie this last time. I was glad that I watched it. Um because first of all, it's a, it's good a movie. Good movie, yeah. I like Star Wars. Second of all, here's what I noticed about this. Saw Gerrera and his performance. I think his performance is actually really good. The problem, and this is a real conflict I have in my brain. Jakina's score is great, but everything that's happening in the score is telling you this guy is scary. All the strings are like, and like every
1: time you see him, when he like flips his he little, he flips uh, his little, uh, uh, like, breathy like mouth off. Yeah.
2: That, was, that, that took me right out of the movie and right there. And it's so like, it, it's Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. It's a Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah. where, you know, somebody slips and the xylophone goes, that's not what happens, but the, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's like Mickey Mousing. It's matching everything that's happening <laughs> you know, on screen with
0: Mickey orchestration. Mickey Mouse tri- trips on a xylophone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Mickey Mouse character, we tripping on xylophones <laughs> it's a little old after a yeah, while that's what he's known <laughs> for. i've seen this one before mickey yeah. mouse
0: so i have a one note
2: character yeah so i think that my mistake was blaming forrest whitaker i think what's actually happening is that jacquino went for this kind of jaunty silly score that's like silly 50s horror movie vibes for Sagarera and Riz ahmed's performance he's so petrified beyond belief <laughs> that it's a little silly that he's just kind of like a normal dude who breathes weird. You know, like, his performance is fine. The rest of the movie the way it's constructed is leading you to believe that he should be a much more intense character than he actually is. And obviously, he had a lot of scenes cut out.
1: Mm. He seems like he's getting a lot more significance than he should. I don't th- know. I think... Because he's going to play a big role in, in Rebels Season 4, they've said. Is he going to play a big role? They've said that. All right. Because um, we're going to see why he split from the Rebellion. Because the last time we saw him on Rebels, Ooh. he's still part of the Rebellion, Just but he hasn't gone far enough that they kick him out quick of, of being s- s-
0: Side note on that is I really f- like we talk about sometimes how one little look can give you a lot of context. I feel like the look that Mon Mothma gives in the briefing room when she says that he's like an extremist and da da da, da oh how, yeah, how he's caused the rebellion like a a big headache basically. Mm-hmm. She gives this look of just like kind of like uh, ugh, this guy. yeah, <laughs> ugh, annoyed. Just like there's uh, there's a lot said. <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's gonna be coming one in one face, acting where you're my like, face off. Wow, like whatever he did, like. Must be must have brought the rebellion to the brink of just like don't even bother. He just... did
1: want to shoot an unborn uh, baby. Yeah, and <laughs> rebels. I, I think what we when we get more info on him from outside sources, maybe we'll be scared of him. However, that does not excuse the movies. Con- the context of just watching the movie. He's not that terrifying in this movie, and they act like he's scarier than he is. That's so I, 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 I agree with you on that, but I think maybe we'll get more context. What I've so. grown to love about all of this movie, all
2: the things that really kind of bugged me, you grow to love them. It's like all Star Wars. The yeah. things that are like flaws, you just accept it. There's some cheesy lines of dialogue all throughout the movies, and they become your favorites, like Borg Gullet in this movie, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Literally nothing to do with the movie. There is no purpose of having him no. whatsoever. Yeah, I'm sure someone will
1: write in and tell us why, but I don't buy it. There's nothing added by having him. You could have. However, had, you could add a scene where one of the one of Saul's men was punching Riz Ahmed, sure. and like they, yeah. But here's why I like it. It's because they didn't just
2: have a scene where <laughs> he's getting punched. They had a scene where a crazy, the crazy blob Star Wars creature of lard that just fell out of a bag. Yeah, is putting tentacles on Riz Ahmed's yeah. face.
0: I equate. This entire Saw Gerrera plus Borg Gullet, I equate this to the Raftars and Conja Club and the Guavian Death Game and Force Awakens. Oh, do we where, have some things to disagree on? Oh boy! <laughs> but I, in terms of, I enjoyed both of those scenes so much. But I, I kind of laughed. Like I find, I found them entertaining almost like in spite of themselves. Where like I find myself like you're talking about how the the movie is almost wanting us to be afraid of Saw Gerrera. Where, like, these are my laugh out loud moments during the movie. Yeah, it's and goofy. I enjoy myself. We it.
2: saw it in theaters, and we were laughing out loud yeah. and that
0: happened. Like, I, I I still, like, I, I watched it, that part a couple days ago, and I still just, like, cannot keep, like, the the giggle box shut. <laughs> when he takes his a breather off, of it off and around. it goes. Barrr. Yeah. zombie's
2: like, <gasps> he has a mouth. Yeah, it's, and <laughs> it's funny, so too.
0: My, uh like I said, I talked before how my wife never saw Star Wars before she was with me, but. but yeah, like, you're really great. Thank you. Yeah, I. <laughs> save the save the tree but uh <laughs> but she's she's seen the movie she enjoys the movies but she's like 99.9% of people out there who they just can move on with their lives after they see them. ridiculous yeah exactly but she like this is the one strong opinion she has of Star Wars is that she cannot stand Saw Gerrera, <laughs> which i, I do yeah. find that amusing like that's the one thing that's that stood out to her she just i think also before like i she may have said before she's not the biggest fan of Forrest Whitaker anyway, and like this didn't help things. Like he's a little bit over the top for her.
2: I like actors that are consistently gonna give you an interesting performance, even if it's not dead on. Like anytime he's in a movie, you're gonna remember that he was in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's gonna yeah. make a little mark.
0: I, I like Saagar a lot. I do, like it's I feel like some people like it's their their sensibilities were offended by the presence of Borg and Saw Gerrera. And I got, like, just the opposite. Like, I think you need to, like, ease up a little bit. Like, this is just Star Wars.
2: I have a question. Much like my question about General Grievous in episode three, why does Saw need to be in this movie? I
1: don't know. I just thought we needed to name this segment General Grievances. <laughs> but, uh... I guess the thing is that Galen had
2: to send a message to somebody who would have known, Jin.
1: Yeah, Galen's Galen a postcard. Well, Galen's only connection to the rebellion is through Saul. Yeah. And I, I he I think Mon Mothma has made it so that you can't find her and getting a message to Mon mm. Mothma secretly right is very difficult and I I think that was the last option. And and I think it it helps. I like the little added story it gives to Jin mm. that she hears another father figure who's left her. Um. Yeah. And and it adds a little to her that he's in the movie, and he's not. He's really not in that much of it. He doesn't That's take almost that much. My time. problem with
2: it is like for whenever he's on screen, the score is blaring and the acting is humongous, and it's yeah. just. But he's barely in the movie, so it's a little crazy to me that like puts so much prominence on him.
0: If you want a little inside baseball, I remember. Sure do. Thank you, Wrigley Field. We've uh, talked about it. Oh, Gosh, but yeah. I remember Gareth Edwards. He had this character in mind. He had this role defined in Rogue One, but he didn't necessarily have, like, the name of the character. Or he hadn't chosen someone to place in this role. And so mm-hmm. he actually, this was, like, influence of the story group where he went to them and they're like, hey, there's this character named Saw Gerrera that you might consider plugging into this role right here. And so all the, the kind of the the mystery around the story group about the influence that they have, this actually, this is like, a documented story of influence that the story group had was, they didn't force it, but, I mean, this was their suggestion that Saw Gerrera may have been someone that could fit into this role. And so this was kind of a collaborative effort. And it's so I guess if the story group decided that Saw Guerrero belonged in this story, then, I mean, you can disagree with that decision. But, I mean, it, it's it came from reputable sources. This wasn't just something that Gareth Edwards did on a whim.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was there was an interview, and I, I think it might have been on Full of Sith. I think you can you can listen to it on their feed. Um, that was fascinating to me to learn that he wanted a character like Saw Gerrera. He wanted this a character exactly like him. The story group was like, well, let's see if there's an already an existing character, and there was. And that was comforting to me. I couldn't think of a better word. That that makes it sound like it's a warm
1: blanket. It was yeah. just interesting. I think I I think I excuse a lot of Saul. Because of Clone Wars, because I am very happy that we now have a character who was created for Clone Wars and was only on Clone Wars, has been in a major movie. It's pretty great, and that you know opens some doors in the future for other characters on Clone Wars t- to be in, to to, to see them in some live action drops. or or <laughs> it, or Rebels or whatever. Like it, it showed me these are connected. Clone Wars is canon. The characters on this can be in movies, and I would love some characters from Rebels or or Clone Wars to be in movies. Can we talk briefly about—you mentioned You know, this opens doors for other movies. Can we talk about
2: doors that Rogue One potentially opened for other Star Wars movies? This movie started with a flashback. Yeah. It didn't start with an opening crawl, which is a big deal. We talked about that. It also started with a flashback. That's never happened in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. It's not some innovative film technique that's never been used before. <laughs> yeah, but there has been, been a rigid adherence to a certain format with Star Wars, and there's a there was people wondering, can you break from it, still have something that feels like a Star Wars movie? This feels very much like a Star Wars movie. Uh, guys, we're idiots. We should have said... No, i have been
1: waiting for this. We should have said... I've been waiting for this. This was going to be our big finisher, wh- I thought. Oh, right? Oh, okay. I just assumed we were all finishing it. Maybe you guys I just forgot. I
2: forgot 100%. <laughs> guys, our patron saint of this podcast...
1: <laughs> it's like is in this movie he is the bad guy of this movie krennic is like small potatoes wow, next to tarkin did
2: you forget isaac yes i did too <laughs> i forgot he's in this movie i wow. thought we were
1: all consciously waiting like for no. this to be our big finisher no. to talk no. about tarkin we should no. talk about him
2: right up top <laughs> listeners are going to be infuriated that I we know. haven't even mentioned that's the why the i loved it time. i honestly
1: thought we were doing this guys, on oh this was
2: not a planned joke we're just morons no. that's hilarious we're generally just stupid He's such a good character. Tarkin is a fantastic character. One of the things I wrote down was, um, is going to take a concerted effort not to call him Grand Moff Tarkin <laughs> <laughs> because we say it so much. We saw him briefly at the very end of Revenge of the Sith. Listen to our after credit scene for our uh, Revenge of the Sith episode. He looked like a crazy burn victim Muppet. The prosthetics were absolutely awful. Uh, in this movie, He's a CGI burn victim Muppet. <laughs> but no, he looks pretty good. Yeah. As a character, he's fantastic. And what I, the note that I wrote down was that I love seeing the um, kind of workplace squabbles between <laughs> Krennic yeah. and Tarkin. It's yeah. fantastic. I love seeing that. Every time those two are on screen, they just
1: want to shoot each other in the face so mad. I love when like yeah. Knick tries to run to his superior to get like to oh, He's like goodness. going it's like when one parent tells you no so you go to the other right. parent and ask that's exactly yeah. what he's doing with when Vader he, and he, I love yes! it. Yes.
2: Daddy, was... mom said
1: no, but
0: Tarkin or Tarkin depending on your point of view could have <laughs> like he was possibly I talked about how Cheer it was a pleasant surprise. I thought Tarkin was possibly like one A and one B probably in terms of surprises in this movie where I think we had all heard the rumors they're going to bring a CGI Tarkin into this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't
2: know that he was more or less going to be the main bad in this movie. Yeah, he has that,
1: a serious role in it. Yeah. I think
2: we all probably thought he'll be in it for one scene, mm-hmm. the scene where they show him from behind in the trailers. That's what know? I assumed. Yeah, uh, he's in the movie a lot. He's and yeah, he's o- in it more than Zagarera. I remember the <laughs> yeah. open
0: his opening scene. I remember. Not recalling a single line of dialogue because I was just staring at Tarkin, like I couldn't get my eyes off him. That I don't was, remember a single thing said.
2: I can't believe that I forgot Grandma talking. <laughs> That's hilarious. Our podcast.
1: That's hilarious. How I kind of
2: forget that? Because that was one of the main things that I walked away from the movie. One of the reasons why I was so negative. I don't know how I didn't think of it was that I found it so distracting. Oh, really? I found it completely distracting. In the last Hobbit movie, they did the same thing where they did this
1: character (laughs) needlessly. Now, in that movie, it was needless. You drive me crazy, Jake. What? (laughs) You can watch, like, Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the Clones and some of that, and you're fine. You just gloss over that CGI, but this takes you out of the movie. This is a thousand times better looking than anything in Attack of the Clones. Now, listen, with your stupid ears for one second. (laughs) (laughs) The difference is... Did it look too good?
2: <laughs> I didn't like how good it looked. It was stupid. No. No, no, no. In this movie, they're trying to recreate a real human being who mm-hmm. we've seen in Star Wars. They don't do that in the prequels.
1: Mm-hmm. They don't
2: be like, uh, hey, in episode three, we're just going to make a CGI and McGregor the whole time. No, they'll, they'll make an alien that's CGI, they'll make spaceships or a planet
1: they, you they, and McGregor is CGI a lot.
2: They'll use you know for doubles, you yeah. know for for action that they can't replicate with a person, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. But there's not an entire movie just with dialogue that we're just a person's talking, or, or hey, Grand Moff talking, tarking, <laughs> <Or> tarking. <laughs> there's not a single scene in this movie where a person is tarking. <laughs> but no, that, that's the difference. The CGI hasn't aged all that great in Attack of the Clones, for instance. But it's not trying to replicate a real human being.
1: It is this, a lot though the whole obi-wan anakin fight is just all replicating them trying to do things and i'm not don't distracted look, by it really i'm See, not I distracted am. by that because
2: it's not close-ups on a fake face when mm. they cut to the actors they're real when they cut to Grand Moff talking <laughs> i'm just gonna intentionally say it wrong uh it is a fake face yeah can i say I like it. It, i've gotten more accustomed to it and it's not distracting to me anymore mm. i've at least you're
0: that way now. The people who are still the the way of their like they didn't like this. They I have a big problem with those people because this podcast
2: is 100% us complaining about yep. people's
0: complaints. Compl- <laughs> people are gonna love us so much, guys. <laughs> but it's it offends me on a personal level with Leia with Tarkin in this movie. This they were the most Lucasonian parts of this movie, where the maker of the movie decided that there is a technology that exists. That has not been utilized very much so far. There's a new feature that is available. A special feature. <laughs> a special feature, if you will. A mini documentary featurette <laughs> that I can put into this movie. And the results may be varied. I know it's going to get a mixed reaction from the audience. But you know what? We need to push the medium of film forward. And so we're going to do this and we'll see what happens. The,
2: that's true. The difference with this is that it's questionable ethically. And it's interesting to me. I wonder... If you guys will agree with me on this. So with Carrie Fisher's passing. Oh no. Which is awful. No. Now you don't I don't think you know what I'm gonna say. Okay. <laughs> in this uh, Vanity Fair piece, which guys, let's talk about it for three hours. <laughs> um, they asked Kathleen Kennedy uh, if they would recreate Carrie Fisher in episode nine, or if it was ever even a consideration. She said outright, no way.
1: Yeah.
2: She said we don't want to get in the business of recreating dead people, basically. Right. It struck me that she might not have been a fan of this to begin with. It's possible. This might have been a fight for Gareth Edwards to do this right up top. It is a little different when you know the person that you're recreating. I'll yeah, say that. I mm-hmm. I like that'd be creepy. You know, we just saw Gary <laughs> yeah. Fisher. Yeah, no, that I recently. would not. I would not like that. It at would be all. so distracting. That would be bad. It would be. It would end up not being
0: good. At that all. would traumatize
2: most of the cast probably to have to watch episode nine. to have to act opposite of a person with blue dots on their face pretending to be carrie fisher that would be so like distressing for the cast
1: members we're we're about to enter a new era that star trek entered back in 2009 where you have Hmm. these characters who have always been portrayed by one actor yeah and we're about to enter a new era next year where han solo is going to be is going to have two actors portrayed not counting like voice stuff but On screen movie live action actors, two actors are now going to be Han Solo. And I think that opens the doors for. I don't think they're going to recast Carrie Fisher, but I think if they do something in the future where they have a Tarkin, they might recast Tarkin. They might, we might get a movie about a, a different era in Luke's life or something like that with a different actor. So it's going to start happening. I think I'm okay with this being the closing the door on this generation of actors, bringing in a young Leia, bringing in Tarkin, and now we're done. We can move forward. I, I, I'm okay with it in this movie. I don't want it to become the norm. The mixed feeling for me. I, I think it works well in this movie, and
2: I the, the technology is fascinating. They've used it in Marvel movies, and it would be equally distracting If Grandma talking, (laughs) I really have to think about it. Um, If he was a totally different actor in a movie that takes place, once again, three hours before. It works for Mon Mothma because
1: we see her for 30 seconds in Return of the Jedi. Right. And she looks exactly exactly like her. But yeah.
2: um, The thing that is bizarre to me. So now we're in a position where we have a CGI Leia in A New Hope. But (laughs) we have a new dude playing young han solo mm-hmm. what are we doing here well, so if we do a movie <laughs> with you know young ot cast members are they just gonna recast them all i would do think we just so. use the character model of the user one for no I, I think i, know they wouldn't I, do I do think that. you recast i it. think this, i just, think
1: that's what han solo the han solo movie is doing i think you, it's just weird to me like what you're statement gonna are we
2: trying now. to make with the cgi like we can we can it doesn't matter if these actors die; we can just make them again. I've heard, heard it said before. They're like, "Well, this could open the door. Like, what if we
0: wanted Marilyn Monroe or James Dean to star in a movie in yeah, the future?" That's bizarre. I,
1: that's bizarre. to I, me. I think Isaac nailed it earlier when he said Gareth Edwards had the technology available. And yeah. mind you, you praise George Lucas for doing this all the time, Dave. Oh, I'm
2: not. Like, Gareth
1: had the technology available, and I'm not he upset wanted by he it. wanted to do it, and he, I'm and he used by it. it. And I don't think it should become the norm, but I don't think it will either. It's going to get. It would get and so much backlash. It's interesting
2: because it doesn't seem like anybody wants it to be the norm at all. Everyone's yeah. like, this was fine for this. But let's yeah. leave it right there. It's
0: okay there. to see 15 I seconds of Young this layout. movie was kind of in the sweet spot where Carrie Fisher was alive at the time, and mm. Peter Cushing has been dead for over 20 years. Right. And so yeah. the emotional connection to him is not as strong. So if you were going to recreate anybody, here's a, a villain that's pretty known in Star Wars that – it would be important enough to where we probably are going to want to see the most accurate representation of him possible. He's been dead for a long time. His estate signed off on he's it. He's got no kids or anything. No, and so it was kind of like the perfect storm of, okay, here's somebody that we can recreate with CGI. I think he's on a very short list of actors that are deceased that we can get away with that with.
1: Yeah, I, I, I that's a good point. I think if Carrie Fisher died two years ago, you don't add her at the end of the movie. But because right. she was still alive, I think that's why they could... Isaac right, they could get right. away with it they
2: wouldn't have done that probably no Yeah. No. It, you know I don't know what kind of conversation we're getting into it's not no, really we're worth. just talking Star it's Wars big, whatever I don't like Star Wars That uh, <laughs> 2009 Star Trek that's what I'm talking about let's take like a like a hard
0: left I had a question that I want to ask you guys that kind of I don't know how I feel about it maybe we can talk it out let's because, have some
2: talks about our feelings yeah, let's
0: talk about Star Wars so Jen Erso starts this movie as a rebel without a cause really I think
2: we're about to say the same thing <laughs>
0: She starts the movie as, yeah, she is completely laissez-faire about every aspect of the Empire and Rebellion. And by the end of the movie, she is the strongest freedom fighter that you ever did see. And so do you think that Galen Erso dying that was the event Or was his dying was the... the
1: catalyst.
0: Was the catalyst. Yes. The hologram that she watched of him was all of this meat in the middle involving Galen. Was that sufficient motivation for Jen to become a freedom fighter for the
1: rebellion? Yes. <laughs> absolutely, because she already was a freedom fighter until Saul kicked her out. We she have- was she was in this exactly. life and then she got burnt by her two dads and just shut down and said and, and had the attitude of, It doesn't matter if you look down. I love that line about the can you stand to see the Empire's flags? It doesn't matter if you're always looking down. I love that line and I think it doesn't real, matter if you the, don't look up. The realization that she, it within like the space of a minute she realizes Saul dropped her to protect her because her so-called friends in the rebellion wanted to use her as bait. And then she finds out her dad has been working against the Empire this whole time. So these two guys who she had terrible a, a terrible attitude towards are suddenly like, Oh, we're we're actually pretty good dudes. And it kind of reinvigorates the fire that she'd already had before.
2: What's good about, you know, Jin and, and Cassian have kind of dual arcs in this movie where, but Jin's the protagonist. Her arc is kind of realizing that she, there's another side to things that she hadn't considered before. She hadn't considered Saw's perspective of that situation. She hadn't considered why her dad might have had to join the empire. She hadn't considered why uh, the rebellion why they have to make tough choices and why they have to do morally ambiguous things. That's all well and good. I have a little, I have already stated Jen favorite character (laughs) in the movie. I have a problem with that line you stated. Oh really? It's a cool line. I think her character arc is confusing because we start the movie. She's in prison for doing presumably anti empire stuff. She's on a prisoner car (laughs) and she's, which by the way has a my
0: purpose clone turbo tank mind you.
2: Yeah. There we go. The
1: the only character the only vehicle in Star Wars with wheels.
2: That is true. Interesting. Mm. I was always hoping we'd see uh Luke Skywalker skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe maybe in the reboot. Favorite shot in the movie by the way for me is that stormtrooper skateboarding. Dirty. <laughs> 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 it was a little distracting, but it looked so great. <laughs> that stormtrooper in the Transport vehicle, just, like, looking tired through his suit, like, like dirt-covered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she's fighting the Empire, so she's in prison. As soon as the Rebellion breaks in there, she starts beating them up. And beating up the rest of the stormtroopers. They list off all of her offenses against the Empire. Now, then we get the Saw, and she's like, I don't care about rebelling. I'm not interested in that. Doesn't matter if you don't look up. Is she expecting us to believe, is the movie trying to say that she doesn't care about the Empire, that she's been resigned to accepting them? Because that's the rest of the movie seems to suggest the exact
1: opposite. I guess I never read that she was in jail because of acting against the Empire. Why else would you be in jail? Plus uh, parking ticket? Like <laughs> she's just a, she like could be a, a smuggler, pet... she could be... Plus she's just like a petty criminal, Yeah, honestly. she could do anything. That's still against the Empire. <laughs> yes, but well, that's not against the... If... the th- that's resisting arrest. It's against government. Arrest. That's, against government, that's not a the Empire. If I'm going to steal a candy
2: bar and then like run away Stealing imperial like- documents. Resisting <laughs> arrest. These are things that she did. They're, they're reading off her rap sheet. Mm. But are... If you... I don't know. Forging imperial documents. Oh, Forge- well,
1: see that's totally different than yeah, stealing okay, imperial so documents. I, yeah. Okay. I
0: make a fake ID. Darn it. I steal some candy bars <laughs> and I buy some some alcohol when I'm 18 years old. Does you that you are
2: definitively against the U.S. government? I was want to say, <laughs> does that mean that
0: I hate the the, the legislative, executive, judicial branch of but the it United does. States? It absolutely means but, that. But but you're, you're not America.
1: rebelling. You're not rebelling against the government trying to install a new government. <laughs> you're just breaking. Right. You're just breaking the law. Okay. I guess
2: I understand this movie better now. I well, hate it when I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. <laughs> one more thing, though. I, I tend to agree like with
0: Riley's take, just playing devil's advocate for one more second, though. It's almost like when she was raised by Saw, it's like she was just kind of brought into the family business, almost, of rebelling against the Empire. And so, yeah. like, Riley She didn't was, have a choice. i say Riley was saying that it was kind of like in her blood to fight the Empire— like, it's, if you're raised in a bakery, I mean, it, that doesn't mean that baking bread is your passion. That just means you were raised a baker. And so, like, once she gets out of that, it was like, if she, okay, now she has this catalyst in her father to get back into the fight. Did she care about the fight in the first place? Or is that was just how she was wired because of her upbringing?
2: You know, you, Riley, brought up a lot of good points about the prequel trilogy that I hadn't considered about how the the women are treated in that those movies. How, you know, both Padme and Shmi are both... Kind of at the whims of these male characters pushing them around. And I think it would have been an easy trap for this movie to fall into, because that is part of her journey that these dudes have let her down. Yeah, it's significant that part of her arc is she chooses to fight the Empire. Like she's not, she does not like the fact that she was drug along from birth to do the stuff that she didn't want to do, and she eventually
1: chooses to do that herself she has more agency when jen walks into saul's place and he says what are you going to do now and he's like i'm out i delivered the message and and yeah, that's I her like choice that. she's like i'm out that's all i wanted to do and then when she sees a message from her dad she makes the choice so you're right she does she has autonomy by in this the movie. way
2: her performance during that scene which, imagine how hard that would have been as an actor. She's looking at probably a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. She's
2: reacting to nothing. Right. Someone off-screen was, is reading
1: the lines. They and, film yeah.
2: those, right, some, like, intern is reading. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, if you get this... Like, we're kind of awkwardly reading. Right. Here, and she's giving his like, amazing performance. Yeah, she's yeah, fantastic.
0: Just, my big thing is... I guess I'm really good at playing mental gymnastics with Star Wars, as we've evidenced we've in noticed. the critical discussion. <laughs> as you know, long as it's do?
1: directed by George Lucas. Shut your face! <laughs> but
0: we have to get from zero to Jen giving an impassioned speech at the Knights of the Rebels roundtable <laughs> at sure. the beginning of Act. 3. What are you proposing? Yeah, it's like I
1: let the girl speak.
0: <laughs> do do you guys think that is plausible that she would get to that point yes. where someone who didn't care about anything all of a sudden? cares about this so much that she's going to give an impassioned
2: speech. I, uh, I think I don't she still buy cared. She cared. I don't buy that she didn't care. Yeah. I think that she was harboring resentment. Was she telling resentment. herself she didn't care? Yes. yes. Okay. That was, when she, this is another thing about Felicity Jones' performance is how there's more going on behind her eyes than the script. When she says it doesn't matter if you don't look up, you can tell that she doesn't believe it when she says it. Yeah. Like, and it's just no, obvious you from the look tell. on her face. I totally buy it. I don't like this kind of that, uh, that 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 character arc was unearned. We got to talk about the battle of Scar. Yes. The only thing we need to say about it is that it's great. End of
1: podcast. <laughs> Good job, guys. Um, I can't decide. It's like there's just neck and neck whether or not this is my favorite space battle or my second favorite space battle. I I what's lo- the alternative for this? I Jedi. Love, I love Jedi I was, so much, but I don't know how much is that nostalgia. Battle. Yeah, I don't know how much of that is nostalgia and how much of it is it's actually good but i i those two are neck and neck for me this this everything in space in this movie is amazing it's not even close for me
2: rogue one is the best space battle It's really it good it's really good this is the m- and boy hot takes central town <laughs> i wow. think that this battle of scarif is maybe from the battle of scarif to the end of the movie might be the best directed stretch it's of Star Wars, Star Wars in the whole saga. It's so good. It yeah. is amazing. It's so good. Once again, like... I'm it's not... a flawlessly directed scene for like an hour. Just flawless filmmaking. I love I think talking that's an... about a movie I love. That's another thing where like,
0: I'm not going to make... I'm not going to go that far, but I really have no evidence against that. So... exactly. Yeah, it's...
2: Show me your documents. Well,
0: from... Okay. Show me your data. Michael Giacchino, if we're going to go back to him... We sure From are. the moment... Where the the score goes almost silent when the Star Destroyer is going through the planet hole again. <laughs> from that moment until credits roll, how the Krennic's score roll. just actually it really kind of comes to a, to a crescendo Krennic when Darth Shindo. Vader's is going through the hallway, because the, the the choir screams the Imperial March right there. And yeah, from that moment of quietness with the Star Destroyer up until Darth Vader looks out of the the Rebel cruiser. That is just how it comes to a swell, and then a grand finale. That also, like, outside of anything John Williams has ever done, that's the best If you want scored know, part of Star Wars I've heard in a long
2: time. Yeah. If you want to know the reason why we're not going to do every original trilogy movie, it's because all that you can say is that it's great. There's not mm-hmm. a lot you
1: can add to it, but... There's some, but not yet. Not much. All, so I mentioned
2: incredible. this um, on one of our past <laughs> episodes, that I love the plot device of having this force field around the entire planet except for one entry point controlled by the Emperor. That's a brilliant idea because it never makes
1: any sense in Star Wars (laughs) that they don't just fly in a different way. The ending of this movie I wrote is video gamey in the best way like usually people use that as as an uh, insult a right. but I think I mean it in like the great best job. way this is they have the clearly day. defined goals from when they leave Yavin yes. Yes. to when they leave everyone has a clearly defined goal everyone has a role to play Bodhi has to get the communications open to do this K2 has to stay there to find the file like they all have their role and their their mission and they all succeed and they do it and it is it's great I love those clearly defined goals
2: that's What's so fantastic about it, I'm a big fan of the Oceans movies. I like movies where everybody has a a really complicated plan. Everybody has a really specific role. And the tension comes from, are they going to... Because you know that if any aspect of the plan doesn't work, they're going to fail. The whole thing collapses. So there's a lot of built-in tension to that. By this point, you're really on board with the characters. And boy, oh boy, do I love the space battles the ground battles, mm-hmm. the in between battles, the underwater battles, the visual battles, the fake <laughs> battles that don't happen. Can we go
0: back to the beginning of
2: this battle, even before no. the battle. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs>
0: before the battle even starts, my favorite acting moment of this movie. General Raddus. <laughs> comes from Admiral <laughs> Rattus. Thank sorry, you very much. So sorry. Who is incredible. Like he's yep. a perfect like he's a good. perfect admiral. Great side character. Yes. So, my favorite acting moment of this movie is from my favorite character, Cheered Mway, when Jen, they're about to lift off, and she says, "May the Force be with us." And Cheered gives this he's face, so happy. like his favorite song
2: just came on the radio. <laughs> that
0: How is... he just like pokes his stick. And just, like, yeah, he's like, "Oh, she said it."
2: Shake it by Taylor Swift came on the radio, <laughs> yes. and he was so. And psyched. he is just
0: like shaking his fanny
2: right into the stick. And then he's he... like, "Hey, the haters are gonna hate, 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 hates." I'm just gonna shake it off. And he makes yes. that
1: face right again right before he dies when when Bayes says, "Yeah." It. And then he, he like, right oh. before he dies, he's so happy.
0: Yeah. Act three of Rogue One is the...
2: Name a bad thing about it. No. You can't do it. You can't do, do it. it. Won't, can't, won't. Can't you know, uh, we're probably getting ready to wrap this up a little bit. Soon, yeah. We didn't got talk a lot about talk Krennic about Scarif, at all.
1: No, that's true. But Krennic. we can talk about
2: it because this is where he comes
1: most into the picture here. Chelsea, my wife. Um... Your wife. Your wife. <laughs> Your wife. <laughs> She has this thing about the way he talks. How it sounds like he's always got like a one is, side of one side of his mouth is full amp, of water. He, I, um,
0: I was telling Jacob this once before. How it's like he either chooses to go under or over. Like he talks like this. Or,
1: yeah, he I, he likes really likes to go over
0: when he's talking.
1: Yeah, and and, troublesome. And it works for me. I love oh, it. It's
0: great. He is a human, if you've seen The Dark Knight Rises, he is served yeah. well by a British accent.
2: Sure he is. His voice is very strange. He's Australian, he's Australian, isn't he? Australian. Never
0: mind. Yeah, he's same Australian thing. in this. It's all great. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. But
1: <laughs> I was actually gonna make a point about I love that it, that he kept his Australian accent. Yeah, in this. because in The
0: Dark Knight Rises, when he takes that away and tries to speak like one of us, yeah. he does this. He
1: does Trevor Noah
2: doing an American accent. <laughs>
0: Is, he can only do this voice. It's like especially and then you're like Does that I, mouth thing and it's
1: um, <laughs> No, I, I like that he is he's Australian. He kept his accent. Cause not every Imperial officer has to be like a high class British dude. I like that.
2: I That's like a part of his character, I think, is it's a little bit of a lower yeah, class. Yeah, it is accent. it's a lower class accent. Can we talk about this was a note that I had too was that there's a great thing about this movie where all the
1: actors are able to have their accents. Can I clarify it's a lower-class accent in Star Wars, not in real life? Right, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> I'd rather you not. Uh, I think that they're inferior people, the Australians, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they call them the land down under. Well, Not that's the true. land on top. That's no, true. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. No. So, that, But there's a thing I love. All the actors get to keep their native accents. Yeah. That's a thing that is a little irritating. Now, like a John Boyega... His American accent is flawless. Mm. He would never,
1: yeah, know. you can't. In fact, tell. I
2: don't know why they had him do an American accent. Yeah. I don't really understand this. I guess the stormtroopers are American. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't. I that is. True. That's about it. And like, yet, all the, the, the rest of the empire young. is British. I know. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
2: But uh, anyway, so because you got Baze and Jarrett, yeah, both have very thick accents, but they don't. They don't tone it down. They didn't, like, ADR them. This is a thing that happens in Bond movies. Diego, too. I'm a big James Bond fan. Yeah. Anytime they have an actor that has a thick accent, they come and they hire an American actor to come and do ADR (laughs) over their voice. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, Goldfinger? Yeah. That's not Goldfinger's voice the entire time in the movie. That actor's voice isn't used. They brought in a different guy. In this movie, there's like, you know what? Learn to understand how people talk. Exactly. And I, I love it. Yeah. it. It brought a lot of variety
0: and flavor to the movie. On a quick little side note, we uh we've talked about every member of the Rogue One crew except for Base Malpus. That's true. Oh, yeah. He
2: was once
1: the most devout of us all. I think so we don't
0: talk about him. He <laughs> just he just fell off the wagon. He,
1: he The doesn't... way
2: he says of us all. was really interesting. Yeah.
1: Baze and Sherid are almost kind of like one character in this. They they, That's they what I, they're they're like don't have, they don't have their own separate arc. They're like Franklin and Bash <laughs> but I, USA two years ago. I like Baze a lot. I still have not got that book about Franklin that, and Bash. Like. The Guardians of the Franklin and Bash. Yeah, I haven't gotten Guardians in the Wills, and I really want to get it because I oh, I, yeah. I want to know more about those two. I was two, going to get it, awesome. and I had to get Return to Ord Mantel
2: instead. <laughs> I'm a little bummed out by this. Yeah, yeah. you, you just said that Vader like Chronic right? uh,
0: like in Dark <laughs> Knight <Like, Nine> Rises. <laughs> you did.
1: Return Lord, to Ord Mantell.
2: offering you a small fortune. We didn't talk about Vader. No, we didn't talk about because we see Vader, and we see guys. We see Vader's
1: Mustafar. House. Mustafar looks really good. We in see this Mustafar.
2: Movie. We see his little bachelor pad.
1: Yeah, it is
2: a lonely pad that he has there. He's
1: got that one friend and a Can couple guards. Our... He's got one friend. <laughs> this is the the first time. uh Oh. I love I love Vader in this. Sure. I love James Earl Jones. He's getting a little old. He sounded audibly different. He sounds you know. different, but you can't what are you gonna do? You know, it's I don't it's not a fault of the movie or hey, anything. He's just he's getting old. Everybody else got to use their native accent. His native accent is being old. <laughs> I mean, I yes, yeah, <laughs> I much prefer that they use an old, not quite as good James Earl Jones than getting Chad Vader to do it. So I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay with it, But you yeah. can know you can tell he's he's old. I
2: liked <laughs> seeing Mustafar. In this movie so much, and you get my thing. What I've realized with this last season of Rebels is that I think my favorite Star Wars these days is when the prequels and the original trilogy combine. Mm. I like it when it all starts coming together. I like seeing Mustafar a couple hours before we see a new hope. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I and they brought it back for a thematic reason. Like the it's a place that would fuel Anakin's hate more than anything. Yeah. This visual of him in this back of tank is crazy, and it's just a it's a rubber mannequin that they made. <laughs> I guess it would have been weird if they brought back Hayden Christensen to shave his head, be, yeah, get naked, and stay in a tub for two seconds. He's not doing anything. <laughs> I've been hard enough for Yeah, his before. schedule is pretty free you, as man. far <laughs> as I know. But not my favorite. <laughs> so this dude who comes in and says something to him in a weird voice. His accent is also being old. <laughs> To, who is that guy? They talk know. about him in the visual dictionary and I forget. If what. if this was Plotipos old Cosmic Snuffy Face. <laughs> I think that's If exactly legends
1: right. were Still canon, we'd probably have a story about this oh, guy and a yes. whole backstory where he was born and what he did his life. I honestly I don't, think we do in the vision. I don't prediction. think we're, well, probably, but I don't think we're ever going to really know and I don't really care no, it's it. just like a dude. I like
2: Star Wars moments like this where there's yeah. just a random weird character that you don't know anything about. I think I don't it adds a lot to know to anything it. about this yeah. guy.
1: I think it adds a lot that he's just, oh, yeah, Vader
2: just has these weird dudes around. What does he do when he's not doing that? Is there like a kitchen weird and
0: a bathroom he's he's like that kind of almost an analog to like the Imperial Dignitary from Return of the Jedi, where he's just like this weird guy mm. in a purple hat. I love those guys. There at the yeah, Emperor. that's right. One he's of those.
1: Like, who is he? Who cares? One of those guys are in uh, Jake's Menace. least favorite book series. Uh oh. sure is one of those guys who was hanging out with Palpatine all the time, and he's like kind Ooh. of a bigish character in those books. bigot oh, okay. character. Bigot character. Well, yeah, he's the, in the Empire. Hey, Star Wars but. fans, we're looking forward to <laughs> that. Um,
2: so back to. Battle of mm-hmm. This Dude. whole conceit of having to physically get the plans out, I think mm-hmm. is a really brilliant idea. Other than just like, I hit the download button
1: and it's downloaded. They have to like use a claw machine to get it out. I, I love machines are hard. I love that they're sticking with 70s technology in yeah. Star Wars. Oh,
0: that reminds me it's of so great. when they're about to lift, lift off initially to go to Jeddah going way back when Cassian puts on like the lawnmower headphones
1: Oh, yeah. with like yeah.
2: the headset taped to it. That is beautiful. Yeah. How and that the, takes
1: there's you a, back. There's a cord going down because yeah. that thing's
2: wireless. It's like it's great. Remember how people complained about zippers?
1: Ooh, <laughs> what are you talking people? about?
2: complained about the fact that there was visible zippers in this movie. Because there's oh. no zippers in Star Wars. Oh, who cares? That was a real thing that happened. Visible though. zippers is fun to say. Visible zippers. <laughs> it's it's my, hard to say. It's my new band name. Yeah. Visible zippers. <laughs> visible zippers. Um, the only other thing that I really want to talk about Going back to old Mickey Jacquins, his score, once the Hammerhead Corvette crashes through the force field, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. The main theme comes back when it first crashes into it, when it falls through the force field, this is when this montage starts. It gets real quiet. The music drops out. I'm a huge fan of Lost. If there's a thing Mm -hmm. that I might love more than Star Wars, it's Lost. (laughs) I know everything about it. And I like it quite how, a bit. His how much score. do you know about the Lost Expanded Universe? <laughs> There's not a lot there. <laughs> There's like a one PS2 game. Yeah, there. I remember that uh, game. I don't feel the, a huge compulsion to play. <laughs> um, the thing that he does in Lost really effectively, in, in really emotional moments, he often will drop... I guess he's not dropping the dialogue out, but, you know, the dialogue kind of gets muffled. The sound effects become quieter... It'll start with a really simple piano melody and it's violins come in and this really sweeping score starts. And it always happens at a really dramatic moment instead of being like sad strings <laughs> and or like the Saw Gerrera crazy guy. Mm-hmm. It becomes very somber and mournful and yet hopeful at the same time. It's a crazy balance to strike because you're so happy that these characters succeeded and yet they, part of that being successful is dying. And he yeah. did this
0: all in four weeks. Let's never forget that. Was yeah, four that's, weeks? Yeah,
2: he yeah. did the score in a month. I thought it was six. Oh, my goodness. It might be a little. I, it, it's no, no, no. I mean, didn't get the right. score in it's four weeks. It's a very right. short amount of you're time. You're right.
1: That's uh, not a lot of weeks. <laughs> I am interested in what the other score would have sounded like, because I like Alexandre Desplat. Yeah, he's. All right, calm wow, down. Boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Speaking of people using their native accents. Uh, I'm sorry,
2: Alexandre Desplat. <laughs> there you go. I'm an American. I talk that way. Um I really am curious to hear it. It can't have been good. When have you ever heard of a composer getting fired because the True. score was just? Yeah, wasn't I'm good sure enough. it didn't fit
1: the tone. Well, and that's the other thing. I wonder. Maybe they had to change it because so much editing got done. Maybe the whole tone of the movie shifted a little bit. I don't. know. The movie is pretty grim, to be yeah. honest.
2: Like, there's a lot of dark, just dark themes in the movie, oh. and the rebellion is a little darker than it normally is. I had heard the. If you long, don't, I'm oh, sorry. I
0: was say a lot of the reshoots. I thought I, the rumor was. That it was to add some sort of levity to the movie because it was a little bit too heavy. In
2: fact, they came out and said that wasn't true. What they what they said was that they added parts earlier in the movie to add to Jin's character. They didn't have a, that scene of her in prison. Hmm. They didn't have that scene of her in the car breaking out of it. They cut from her as a kid to her getting arrested, not not to get her getting arrested, to her walking into the to Yavin Four being wet. Yeah. So they added all that stuff. Yeah. That's the reshoots. So I think the humor was always in there. Um they were pretty now, maybe they were huge, big fat liars like Frankie <laughs> Muniz, but they <laughs> they said that's what they added and Wait a yeah. It's pretty solid reference <laughs> Ooh, yeah. for nineties kids.
1: Um Hey, remember that time they turned Paul Giamatti blue? I sure do. He's, movie... like a, he's like a chiss. He could play Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> He played the rhino already. I mean, he's used to being
0: <laughs> a
2: villain. Speaking of people not using their native accents at all, Paul Giamatti is a rhino. It's a little a Rush, distracting. Russian rhino, yeah. A little distracting. What else do you say about the ending of this movie other than the fact that it's really good? You have the It bullets. is pitch perfect. Hey, it's like the movie Pitch Perfect. Really good. The first one or the second one? <laughs> I heard they're both good. I didn't see the second one. I saw the first one. Me too. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Me
1: too. Never saw um... Anything. It continues the trend at the very end during the quiet moment of why I think I didn't. I said it at the beginning, and then I didn't talk about it much. But the visuals in this movie, you are just treated with some really great scenes when Jeddah is blown up and you see the, the chunks of the planet flying oh, into the space and yeah. almost going up and hitting um, we the We all just thing. rubbed our bellies. <laughs> that, plus <laughs> the, the ship flying out, the, the U-Wing flying out from Jeddah so as the, the land wave is coming towards it. And then here at the end is my other favorite one. When you see the, the music's all quiet and you see the star, or the star, sorry, the Death Star, Come up over the horizon, and, and, and Krennic looks up at it and knows he's about to get destroyed by his own weapon. Yeah, that there are just so many pretty shots in this movie. Can I? That's if, a,
2: another thing they added in reshoots. I'm yeah. sorry, Isaac. They oh, he good. wasn't originally going to die like that. He was going to die back on the Death Star. Mm. They added, they decided to have him die. Yeah. But it's so thematically great, great. that he mm-hmm. dies at the hands of his own yep. creation. They're oh, so I remember that of. little detail
0: they said they had where like you can see the green in his eye as a laser yes. is approaching. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible, but fantastic. If, if we're doing like a roll call of stuff that we love, like visually, roll call. There was like you mentioned there the the chunks coming up toward the Death so Star. So cool some chunks coming up. I from don't know. The planet. This is really hard to describe why I love it so much, but I love the shot when they're leaving Yavin for the first time. Oh, yeah. And, like, the wind's blowing. For some
2: reason, we focus on that guy for five seconds.
0: For for whatever reason, I like that, where, like, the Force theme swells, or, like, just kind of like a slight variation of the Force theme. And you see General Draven's face, where he's just given instructions to kill Galen Erso. And you see, like, this, I don't know if it's regret on his face, or it's like he knows what he's told Cassian to do. And it's like we don't really get to spend much time with General Draven. I don't.
2: It's, I think they filmed it and thought it looked cool, and they put it in the movie. I think that's perfectly acceptable because I yeah, thought it looked it really looks cool. cool. It does look cool. When I watch it now, I'm like, why are we lingering on well, this character?
1: See, there's been lots of complaints about the references in this movie. That is something that we should because there's you've got you've got Ponda you've got three PO, you've got that, you've got the blue milk, you've got the shot of the the rebel sentry guy. Mm-hmm. I guess so. None of these bother me. Here's though, the, is, the, is my thing.
2: The question, I think, is this For a new audience member, does it take you out of the movie? Are you confused because you don't understand these references?
1: No. The only one I think does maybe is 3PO and R2 because they actually yeah, have that's, lines. They have lines. Right. But, but again, who's seeing this Even that hasn't seen Star Pone Wars? Baba
2: on Jetta City. You haven't seen Star Wars before. You're just like, they ran into some mean people. This well, is a mean also, city. It's
0: yeah. establishing the tone. You right. learn that Evanson's line is, you just watch yourself. Like, that's what he <laughs> right. says to everybody.
1: Sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Vader scene is perfect at the end. Yeah, nothing... and that's another
1: callback that some people don't, some people think that's like pandering, fandering. Can go, pander is, their farts. Is back it fandering, I think it's is, fandering. Is fandering a word? It is now. But Hashtag I, fandering. I think it is perfect. It shows you how terrifying this dude really is. Exactly. He is terrifying. And once again, going back,
2: this being a bridge between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, it's so amazing to see Vader in his element, in his prime, being terrifying. Because I would always grow up hearing people talk about Vader being a terrifying villain. Now, I saw the original trilogy before I saw the prequels still. yeah, I never thought he was that scary. Me either. I knew he was the bad guy. The things I thought were scary were like, when Luke goes into the cave on...
1: Or the Emperor is um, pretty scary looking. Right, and, Emperor yeah. was creepy to me. Right. Vader
2: was just, he was the bad guy. I didn't find him terrifying. No. This is a legitimately terrifying scene. And like, every time oh, you watch it, you're like, oh no. He's
1: unstoppable. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And because all you get to see him do in A New Hope, as far as his, well, I mean, you get to see him use the Force in a really cool way. Yeah. But his lightsaber battle, he's almost like playing with Obi-Wan. Right. He's not in his, he's not Anakin. No. Doing his sweet combos. <laughs> This in this movie, you get to see some tasty Vader and treats. You know what I
0: like too, <laughs> is how in the, the they'll usually use the score to build the suspense of like the like the jump scare moment. And for this, instead of using the score, they Silence. use the they use the siren. like go,
1: well, and then yeah. they use his
0: lightsaber to cut into oh, that so and to, to jump scare us or to have that moment like the crescendo. And that is tremendous. Mm -hmm. Isn't it great? It's It's a good movie. movie. Star Wars is a good
2: (laughs) saga. I like 100%.
0: One more visual. I want to, like, this is the last one I want to touch on. I thought just how effectively they demonstrated the scale of the Death Star in this movie.
2: Yes. Establishing the Death Star as a, almost like a character. Because, I mentioned it briefly, it bothered me that there was no track laid for the Death Star in the prequel trilogy. I mean, other than if you don't know anything about Star Wars. Oh no! The bad guys have a sphere, <laughs> and then you see them building it at the end of *Revenge of the Sith*, and you're like, right? Yeah. This movie, even in *A New Hope*, the Death Star—you see it blow up a planet, and you're like, "Whoa!" But it's not like a terrifying presence to be honest, because it is just a big sphere. Right. This movie makes it terrifying. Mm-hmm. When it comes just up the over the horizon, it. it's yeah. It's... They made it seem like they make it seem like fate just looming over you. They ma- they make it almost like a thematic terrifying thing as opposed to just a scary circle in the sky, which, yeah. uh, hey, I like Star Wars. Yeah, I love how like, we're introduced
0: to the Star Destroyer in that one scene, and we keep pulling back on it, and we recognize how small a Star Destroyer is in relation to the Death Star. Just that little thing. and like an use of
2: scale in this movie. Yeah, really when we come
0: great. back to it later, and then like TIE fighters are just going at the Death Star, and they just disappear so quickly
2: in relation to it. It's just, this is a good movie, guys. I like it a lot. Let it never be said that we don't talk about Star Wars enough on this show. We talked a lot about Star Wars and why we like it. There's like a few little things,
1: just bullet points. Let's do stray thoughts like the AV bullet points at the end. (laughs) Sure, (laughs) Rebel fleet when they jump in, greatest moment of the movie. I love when the fleet jumps in, so good. Um, I love seeing the ghost and chopper in this movie, it's another thing that that connects a lot of stuff, even though you can. And when they say General Syndulla, you can miss it. Almost bothers me that they weren't
2: in it more, to be honest. Yeah, I I wish uh, they would have leaned into it. I
1: I think that's because Rebel season four is coming up and they can't, you can't know who's on the ghost. Yeah, that's true. Um, and my last thing is i love the i love the title of this movie and i love the choice to use rogue one because it adds a whole lot to the rebellion i think because in a new hope they are red squadron mm-hmm. because a new hope is happening days after this right um and then by Empire Strikes Back, their X-Wing squadron is now Rogue Squadron and all the games and everything. And I think it yeah, adds a lot. That is The Rebellion made this in tribute in honor to of this them. group that mm-hmm. defeated the first Death Star. Without their help, this was not possible. And so now it's Rogue Squadron, and I like that a lot. Bullet points for me. The thing I like the most out of the movie as a bridge
2: between Sith and, and Hope is having a movie with no Jedi in it, and no use of the Force adds so much to the saga, because the problem with that cut between Sith and Hope is that you hear this, this Jedi are an ancient religion, nobody knows about them, and you're like, we just saw them five seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's been a few years in-universe, yeah. it doesn't connect, you know, retroactively. Thanks to that turd pile, Revenge of the Sith, yeah. what a terrible movie, who likes that? Nobody. Me. Who has good opinions. Well, all right, the... <laughs> But anyway, so seeing a movie without (laughs)
0: that,
2: and it adds to the, like, awesomeness of seeing Obi-Wan finally. Mm -hmm. I have a note (laughs) that um, Forrest Whitaker at one point forgets his line. (laughs) He says, when he's talking to Jin on Jetta, you are the daughter of an Imperial, looks around, science officer. Why did he need to struggle for science officer? That doesn't even sound like a real thing. I'm an officer of science.
1: Because it's the most perfect performance. you of all were the time. daughter of an imperial
2: science officer <laughs> weird. um I wrote there's a problem on the horizon. there's no horizon mm. boo <laughs> that one nobody d- says that
1: that one doesn't land. I will give you that Just, that one does not land, but all the other ones do. yeah. That was a pile of garbage.
2: <laughs> and then I wrote Giacchino's music on Rainy Land it is amazing. I can't remember the rain covered planet. Edu. Edu. That's I didn't remember his score for that planet. Go back on your soundtracks at home. Pop in some Edu. Good stuff. Um, End of podcast. You can do it later. Isaac, final thoughts. I
0: honestly my final, final thought lines? is that I have no final thoughts because the rest of the things I didn't get to are little quibbles and. I feel like we've had such a nice, positive episode. Don't want to end on a downer. Yeah, I used to be nice like about things. Th- this feels good, guys. I
1: I warned everybody. I am going to be like the biggest Star Wars fan after the prequels. Yeah. I have
0: nerd at the table. I have nothing
1: yeah. bad to say about Star Wars anymore. What a dork! I know. I am. Everybody likes Star Wars. I do a Star yeah. Wars podcast. Nobody likes
2: the wars. <laughs> My final thought is good movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, guys. We, uh, you, we, you, you've made it to the end of the Rogue One discussion. Congratulations. And so we're Good just going to... Good job. <laughs> thank you. You've done it. We reward you with nothing but our love and <laughs> adulation, which should be enough, frankly. You know so... what? We
2: can reward them. Where? <laughs> with a... Just <laughs> don't. <laughs> Come on. Shower D. Beefaroni. meet? okay so if you would like noodles in an envelope in the mail check your mailbox that's what he says guys we'll
0: see if he's serious but if you want to interact with us interact with the show our twitter handle is at Grandmoff talking it's just the name of our podcast without the apostrophe on the end Grandmoff talking all lowercase if you want to reach uh riley on twitter where can they get you at riley uh,
2: Riles Bowman and at
1: Twitter.com.
2: At Twitter.com. What about your Twitter.com, Jacob? At Jacob Kreitz at Twitter.com. There you
0: are. <laughs> and I am at Ireck, E Y E W R E C K, at Twitter.com. And if you want to email the show, grandmoftalking at gmail.com. We welcome your insights. We welcome your thoughts. We welcome your love. We welcome your time. But anyway, this has been another delicately curated (laughs) long form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voice of your host, Riley. Mm Mm-hmm. Jake.
2: Yep. And Isaac.
1: Goodbye. Bye.
2: Okay. We did it. Look at us. It only took us the most amount of time. Did you hear this thing?
1: Yeah, I did. About, about that different ending of the co- from the concept. Gosh, artist, oh, dumb. dude. darn it. You think not it's not dumb? dumb at all? It yes. makes Padme so much Way better. Way better. No, it's super Way dumb. Way better. I Isaac is just to the Great. He wants to make out with George Lucas. He does. He wants be to be his best stupid. friend. To make out with
2: George Lucas's butt.
1: Guess She's what?
2: Gonna... You're not going to get invited to Lucas Film Ranch Studios. <laughs> oh, well, I'm
0: going to stab you in the back because that's not on the nose at all. What are you talking about? (laughs)
1: Because Lucas was never on the nose with his medical. That movies are really subtle. Sauvage does not exist in my book. (laughs) This is how this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. Not on the nose at all. Quoting George W. Bush. (laughs) Not
2: subtle. So dumb. You are objectively and factually, scientifically, and biologically (laughs) incorrect about that opinion. I'm
0: just so the original ending was
1: cooler. It was cooler. What is my mom doing?
2: Great question.
0: Podcast Um, listeners, what is Riley's What is my mom doing?
1: Please tweet in, what is Riley's (laughs) mom doing? We're gonna put up a poll. It's our new segment, what is Riley's mom doing?